Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And I'm Yelly. And this is She's All Fat. The podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. Welcome to season six. Season six, that's right. I'm now 30, flirty, and thriving in the sixth season of our Little Fat podcast. And I'm so excited to have, you know her, you love her, junior producer and chubby icon Yelly here (laughs) with me at the top of the episode. For anyone who doesn't know me, I used to be an SAF super fan, and I've been working for the pod now for almost two years, which is wild. (laughs) If you're in the Patreon, you've probably heard my voice plenty of times, and we've gotten real cozy, but I'm excited to be here with Soph in the main feed. Now we've got some housekeeping things to take care of before we get into the episode. Perfect. Now we have, finally, for y'all, we've asked for them for years and we finally figured it out, we have SAF stickers. We collaborated with Taylor and Erin over at Stylish Sista over the past few months on this body positive sticker series. There's prints, a sticker sheet, and a banner that says our pod slogan. And we get a percentage of that and the designs are done by Stylish Sista and they're inspired by our logo, which was designed by Hannah Sanger, aka Hip Fat on Instagram, aka You Know Them, You Love Them, a real life Hannah. (laughs) I have my stickers on my laptop and I really love them because I'm a sticker fiend. So it makes me really happy to look down when I'm typing and see all of the cute fat babes on my laptop. I have mine on my water bottle, which I forget to wash out as much as I should. (laughs) Um, go check out the whole collection at stylishsista.etsy.com and you can also get to it through our website if that's easier for you to remember. Also, we have a special offer for you through the end of the year. So when you join our Patreon at Team Paisley Moomo or above... That's $7 a month. We will not only put you in our Facebook group and you get all the other goodies, but we will send you a whole sticker sheet as a thanks. Um, Shout out to the people who have taken advantage of this already. That's Libby Morgan Owen, Chris, Ray Slezak, Mariana Altman, Micah, Sean, and Jasmine Lindman. Y'all are getting free stickers, so join the club. You know you want some. Heck yeah. When you're on Team Paisley Moo Moo, you get access to our Facebook group, where people are talking about current holiday sales, arts and crafts, and our upcoming Ratatouille watch party. Get excited. And you also get bonus She's All Fat minisodes every Friday. This season, our bonus minisodes are all fatty film school episodes where I bring on a guest to chat with me about fat rep and fat phobia and just stuff we like in movies like Ratatouille, The Santa Claus, and more. Lynn, drop the clip. Emil is just who he is, you know what I mean? Emil is a rat, and he likes to eat food, and he's, like, fat, and he just is who who he is. Because also, like, have there been times where I reached for the grape I shouldn't have reached for (laughs) and tumbled? Perhaps. (laughs) Yes, perhaps I've found myself tipping off my couch instead of getting up to reach the snack. He's in a fancy kitchen. When else is he going to get the fancy grapes? I mean, right? He's just trying to get what he wants. I'm such a sucker for, like... Uh, like a real soft, sweet fatty. Yes. Especially when it's like, it's not like he is also evil or something. Like, he's no, so he's supportive. Kind of bumbling. He he's is. a little bit bumbling. He like brings those bully rats and then and then Remy feels uh, intimidated by them. But really, Emil's, Emil's motivations are like, I miss my brother <laughs> yeah. and I want some food. Right. Like, it's just nice. <laughs> 
So go to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod to join at team Paisley Moo Moo or any level you can, but team Paisley Moo Moo for a sticker sheet, bonus episodes, and more. We've also been getting a lot of requests lately for a list of fat-owned small businesses, especially with holidays coming up, and you know that we love to buy fat, so (laughs) check the show notes for our list of 30 small businesses run by talented fatties. Okay, I also want to remind everyone we have a voice mailbox at 213-375-5023. No one has helped us figure it out what that can spell with the letter. So if you're a genius, please do so. <laughs> and we want to hear from you. Right now, we're asking you to call in with your favorite holiday traditions for a future ep. So we want that voice. Please send it in. So this episode that you're about to hear, our premiere of season six, is called Fat Across America. Yelly, can you tell them what our original idea was? Yes. So I think that originally you and Lynn wanted to do a This American Life style episode, something more like investigative, something fun. And then Lynn and I sat down and at first wanted to talk to like people in different career paths in America that are fat. So we wanted to maybe talk to like a fat teacher or like a fat nurse, different things like that. And then during one of our staff meetings, it evolved into what it is now, which is like a little showcase of different fat podcasts. Yes. We love giving you a little behind the scenes of how we explore ideas here. But I will tell you that Yelly and Lynn heard me doing my fake Ira Glass voice many times. Yes. So I'll do that when I introduce the app for you. So now that we're showcasing a bunch of fat podcasts, Yelly, let's talk about the one lie of the episode, which is that it says across America, but you're actually in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's it like being chubby or fat in your corner of the world? Um, I mean, I'm like chubby slash small fat. So like I don't, I'm probably not as aware of like things as I should be like I hold a lot of privilege but in terms of like the way that fatness is viewed I think that it's a lot less um like you don't really hear much about a fat like uh epidemic is the word in Canada yeah or even I don't think that there are as many fat camps in Canada either like it's a lot more um on the down low like my sisters still learn about like BMI and eating quote unquote healthy and stuff in school, but it isn't as sensationalized, I think. Well, Canada's yeah. better than us all around, sounds like. <laughs> Just brag about it more. You've heard me talk about being fat in LA many times, and you know what? Right now it feels more like being fat inside my house because I never go anywhere because the pandemic. So you know what? Being fat inside my house is just fine. When SAF first started, there were some fat podcasts, but since we've started, there's been a real explosion. The fat landscape of the world is changing and we're really excited to showcase all of these fun fat pods. They're not just academic or like more in in the fat universe anymore there's like all different kinds of fat pods which is so cool yes I remember when I first found she's all fat it was like the first podcast that I've ever heard about like fat activism body positivity and I have really vivid memories of listening to it on my commute to work for like an entire summer and it's really cool to see that there's so many now it's very fun that's so cute well we were not the first but we were unique because every person is unique or whatever so we're gonna go (laughs) in depth now with a podcast that was around before us podcast called the fat lip and then we're going to hear from some others So here is that impression that's terrible that I warned you about. All right, let's get started, Fat Across America. Our first segment, Ash, not from a fire, fat lip. I'm Sophie Glass. How was that? (laughs) I love it. All right, here we go. I'm here with fat podcast extraordinaire correspondent Ash of The Fat Lip. Welcome to our podcast, Ash. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Ash is someone you should know if you don't already know her. Can you tell me where in the world you are right now and what it's like to be fat there, please? I'm in Austin, Texas. And well, I've actually only lived here like 
about not even a year and a half. And I've been in quarantine for about nine months of those. So, wow. So you're like, I don't know. (laughs) So I haven't fully explored the city, but I can tell you that. So Texas is a very fat state. There are a lot of fat people here outside of Austin. Very fat friendly. Like there's great parking, you know, like wide seats everywhere. Inside Austin, it's, you know, it's like a very young, like, music town. It's like a lot of tiny little bars. So it's not as accessible. Parking's not great. It also suffers from that liberal thing where, like, the politics are very good, but the fat phobia is very bad, which is, like, a very liberal thing. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Right. Um, Do you feel like there's, I mean, maybe you don't know yet because you haven't been able to go out and about too much, but is there any IRL fat community there with like, I don't know, what do people usually do? Clothing swaps and stuff? I don't usually do those, but I don't know. There have been a few clothing swaps since I've been here. And there's like a little fat book club that go that's been running and that's cute. Yeah, it's real cute. And they're super nice. I never actually got to go to one because, you know, quarantine, but they're trying. Um, I haven't gotten really involved yet, but I hope to, you know, if the world ever goes back to normal. I know that would be nice, wouldn't it? To like have, I, I was thinking about it because we're, the cases are going back up everywhere, but people aren't acting like they were back in April, you know? Yeah. And so it's weird because it just feels like, oh, is this our normal now? Everyone's just like, see you in three years, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so bad. I'm just like, come on, like everybody just go inside for a while so we can get this over with. Exactly. Exactly. So tell me more about Texas in general, like that distinction between outside of Austin and inside Austin. I haven't really, I've been to like, well, I went to my cousin's wedding in Texas when I was very small. And then one time when we were driving across the country, I went to Lubbock because we had some third cousins there. Didn't love Lubbock, but I don't, (laughs) I think I would like Austin. I have a lot of friends who like Austin, but I don't, I only know really about Texas, what you see on TV or like in pop culture stuff. Yeah. Where it looks like the wild west. Austin's very cool. It's like very chill and young and like funky and weird. You know, it's a little Portlandy. And then like the cities in Texas are very diverse. Like Houston, it's a huge, huge city. Like just footprint wise. And it's also, I think like the most diverse city in the country. It's just very diverse there, like culturally diverse. And so the cities in Texas are like very diverse and tend to like be very left of center. But as soon as you get out of the cities, it's like, you know, a sea of Trump signs everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the case in a lot of places, even ones that aren't like red states, like California is a blue state. But when you're driving up to San Francisco, you sure see a lot of Trump trucks in those in the fields and stuff. I think I living out, I live mostly on the West Coast. I lived in Phoenix and LA and Northern California. But I think Arizona was much more, or Phoenix was more accessible than LA in a lot of ways, just because Phoenix is newer. Mm -hmm. And so there was more stuff built with bigger stuff just because Americans like bigger, newer stuff. I don't think it was necessarily for accessibility, but it ended up being that way. Yeah, yeah. I also think that like the more space there is, the more accessible it can be, the, like the better the parking can be. Like, like if you're in a tiny restaurant in New York, the seats are tiny. But if you're yes. in a big restaurant in Texas, like the seats can be bigger, you know? It feels like the more rural a place is, first of all, like fatter people generally live in more rural places rather than in cities. And then like the more rural it is, the more space there is for accessibility for fat people, I think. Or that's just been my experience. So do you, is Austin good for the fats? Do you like Austin? Should I give do. Austin a check plus? I do like Austin a lot. It's, it's just a very fun place. And there's like a lot of green space and there's like natural springs, which aren't necessarily that accessible sometimes. Like sometimes there's like a lot of stairs, but there are lots of, you know, natural things for you to do and like community gardens and stuff that you can stroll through slowly and stuff like that. So I do love Austin. That sounds nice. Okay. Now that we know what it's like to be fat where you live, let's move on to giving our listeners an overview of your amazing body of work. So can you tell us about uh, any background you want and then um, this way you started the fat lip? Sure. So I learned about body positivity, fat positivity when I was 18. And I started with a like an online message board. And it started like a lot of people did, you know, when I was 18. I just wanted a boyfriend or like a partner. So I was just like, (laughs) yeah, where can I find this as a fat person? So I found a message board and it was like a little fetishy, but it was also like very 
there was a lot of good fat community between um, the fat people there. So I started there and made so many friends and started going to events and, you know, and so I sort of like never looked back after I found this community of people that I felt like I fit into so well. And then it was just like, then why, like, why bother like struggling with my body? Like if I have all of these people now that like relate to me and like where I feel like I belong. So that was, you know, I'm 37 now. So that was a long time ago, almost 20 years ago. And uh, so I've just been involved like incrementally in more political stuff as, as it goes on. And then like hosting events and that sort of thing eventually. And then in 2016, so I've always been a podcast person and like annoyingly so, like I'll just be in any conversation. Somebody will be talking about something. I'll be like, oh, I heard a podcast about that. And I just do like, that take too. Conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, I recognize how annoying it is. We're telling them interesting stuff. They should be grateful. Honestly, yeah, exactly. It's really- <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you would not believe what Jad on Radio Lab has to say about this. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's so annoying. Like, I know it's annoying when I'm doing it, but I cannot <laughs> resist. So I've always been into podcasts. And so then I was listening to podcasts. I was in Toronto, which is where my uh, now husband lived at the time. And I was listening to a podcast and like doing the dishes. And I started to think like, huh, like I haven't heard too many fat podcasts. You know, there's like Friend of Marilyn and there was a Bustle podcast at the time. And I was like, there's just not really like, you know, a lot of fat content out there and like not a lot of representation. So I was like, huh, I wonder if I could make podcasts. Like nobody listens to more podcasts than me. And I'm like, I know like a fair bit about how podcasts sound, you know, like I didn't know anything about making one, but I was like, I know what they sound like. That's got to be enough. Yes. Yes. So I was like, oh, I'll try it see how it goes. And like, I'm a person that I get myself like I deep dive into projects, even if I have no business. And so I'm like, sure, I can make a podcast. Why not? Like, can't be that hard. And so I just did. I just dove in and like figured it out along the way. And at first it was a little clunky and um, it's still, you know, still a little clunky sometimes, but, (laughs) but yeah, it was a lot of fun and it was very empowering to be able to do that and like, feel like I was making a material difference, you know, because before it was just like, I put myself on the internet and just be seen and that's what I can contribute to, to fat liberation. But then after I started the podcast, I felt like, oh, like I can actually like people can listen to this and like understand what fat lib is about and like take it on in their own lives. And so, yeah, it was, it felt really good to be able to do that. So that started in 2016 and we're still going. I love that. How has the like fatosphere changed since you started it? Do you think? Well, so when I first started the fat lip Part of why I felt like I had something that was missing in Vatosphere is because we didn't really hear from a lot of larger fat people. It felt like fat lib was being led by, you know, size 20, size 22, which is great. It's wonderful. Still true for body positivity stuff. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just felt like there was nobody my size that was really out there talking. And like, I know how I felt like even being deeply involved already, I still felt sometimes that like the fat lib community wasn't for me. Like it was for the size 20 and 22. Yeah. And so I knew that like a lot of people who were my size felt that way. They felt like, yes, it's amazing. Like fat people can do anything, but not, not me. Like I'm too fat. Like I'm too far out of this. And so I just felt like if I can talk to people who are my size and like make them recognize that there is a spot for us. And like, if we have to elbow our way in, like, let's do it. So that was what was most important to me. And I feel like it's worked. Like it feels like, you know, more and more super fat and infinite fat people are out there on Instagram and, and like posting photos of themselves and like looking gorgeous and like also getting campaigns for super fit hero and uh universal standard and like they're like actually getting work and it just feels so good that we've sort of like pushed it out like pushed it out to the fat people it does feel like we're making incremental progress albeit Mm -hmm. like not enough i mean no progress is ever as fast as as wanted to be right even within the fatosphere it's like within the fatosphere and then outside the fatosphere both takes a long time Mm -hmm. to make things happen but I agree and I think that your podcast is definitely a big part of that happening thank you thank you I hope so I do okay what are the issues for fat people that your podcast is focused on we kind of answered that a little bit but Mm -hmm. and how does that intersect with your experience as a fat person maybe you could talk about like even now like if it's changed at all too yeah well I think it has changed I think like 
talking about, you know, pushing those boundaries out for larger fat people, like it has improved things for me too. You know, seeing myself on Instagram or seeing people that look like me on Instagram, it feels so good. And it feels, it's not as hard to walk out the door, you know, because it feels like there are people that are with me and behind me. And it feels like that we can all do this together, you know? And also, you know, the sizing thing, like more and more brands are pressing those sizes out. And yeah, of course that is easy. That makes my life a little bit easier. Like when I first started the podcast, there was nobody going to a size 36 or or 40 or 42. And now like brands are starting to go there. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, helping everybody and hopefully it continues. Tell us about the past few episodes you did and then maybe you could recommend a few of your all-time favorite episodes. Sure. So the last couple of episodes I've done are very different. The last one I did was, so last year for Halloween, I did, I read a Roald Dahl story um, and it was just like a creepy, you know, fiction Roald Dahl story, you know, with all of the Roald Dahl's stuff. Yes, yeah. stuff. Uh, <laughs> I just recorded a Patreon app about Matilda. So yeah, we just yeah. talked all about Roald Dahl's stuff. Yeah, he has a lot of stuff. Yeah. But it was really fun to just be able to do like a little, you know, spooky fiction. And so I wanted to do that this year. And so I was looking like for some sort of spooky story that had some sort of fat element or that was related to fat people. And there are very few. And the ones that are out there are terrible. Yeah, they're all it's all like fatness is terrifying. Yeah, or like like fat person revenge, like by eating people like a fat ghost eating people or whatever. And I was like, these are so bad. So my friend Ross Wade is a a writer for kids illustrated TV shows. And so we were talking about, because he's the one that recommended the Roald Dahl story to me last year. And, you know, he's like a very good storyteller. And so we were talking about it and I was like, maybe you should just write me a story. And so in two weeks, we sort of like consulted and we like... He wrote this story with, you know, my heavy input because he's a thin person. I wanted to make sure, you know, this was coming from the right place. And it is so good. The story turned out so good. It's called oh Free Lunch. So I did a reading of that for my last episode. So wow. everybody should listen I'm really to it. Excited. It's so good. I really want to hear that. I'm behind on all my listening because I don't drive anywhere anymore. Yes, same, so same. <laughs> yeah, so I have to, like, make a concerted effort to turn podcasts on now. Yeah. So, yeah, Free Lunch Excellent. I want to hear that. That sounds incredible. What was the process like of writing a scary short story about a fat person or including one that wasn't like fat phobic? How did you feel about that? So like what was really important to me is that the characters were fat, but the story wasn't about them being fat. So when we talked about it, he had this concept of like a lunch lady who has like developed this way of feeding all of the students in her elementary school for free every day, like three meals a day. And I don't want to get too much too get yeah don't too, spoil it no spoilies um, but and the lunch lady's fat and and it, that's just like a side part of the story like it has nothing to do with the fact that she's fat none of the story is about that she's fat but that you know during like as the story goes on you can tell that she's a fat character yeah it's just like this amazing little fat lunch lady character who like you know saves all these kids and yeah I love that oh my god I cannot wait. Cannot wait till it's in. That is so fun. I especially connect with that because like my next big projects are like my fiction writing projects mm-hmm. that I want to do. And they're all just like a mystery story with a fat detective. Yeah. A YA novel with a fat character. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. Like, yeah. I've been thinking a little bit about that too, about like writing fiction. People ask me like, oh, are you going to write a book? But I'm just like not a nonfiction, you know, like self-help kind of person like I could never write something like that it's just not my you know like not what I'm interested in not my style but I have been thinking about writing fat fiction so and just like helping him with this story kind of like reignited that interest in me it was just fun to like talk over different plot points and like how this could go and what the dialogue could be it was just really fun I love it we'll start a fat writing book club club fat book writing club yes yes I'm into it I'm into it yeah so that's free lunch that was the latest episode and then the one before that completely different uh vibe and tone it was about fat death and it was about the options for fat people when we die wow oh I need to listen to that too yeah it's something that like I've never heard anybody talk about like especially larger fat people there are certain considerations for burial and cremation stuff like that options that you have and don't have so I wanted to talk about that because like I was wondering about it and I was like I've never heard anybody talk about this so I I did that and it wasn't like 
morbid or like somber. It was just no, like no. me like saying like, hey, like everybody should have a death plan. Everybody should let people know what they want when they die, you know? And like, this is what you need to know if you're a fat person. So I was really proud of that episode. It felt like it was something that was important that I hadn't seen anywhere. So yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're going to link those two in the show notes, although people should just go and listen back to anything. I often, I you have a lot of episodes, so mostly what I've done is like, if I'm interested in a topic, then I yeah. <laughs> sometimes have an episode on it, and then yeah. I listen to the yeah. episode. Yeah, there are a lot. There are, uh, it's going on 70 now, I think, so a lot. Yeah. Um, and they're generally like an hour long, because I... I'm very, I, I'm a rambler. You're thorough. Yes. You're very thorough. I try to be. I try to be. But as far as like cornerstone episodes go, um, my very favorite one is was episode eight. I'll never forget the number. It was with, you know, back when Trump was first elected and there was like a an art collective that posted these effigies of him in different cities around the country uh, and he was naked and he had like a very small yes. penis. So there was a trans activist that protested that in San Francisco and... So I interviewed him and he was amazing, amazing. Like I've never spoken to someone who like touched me so deeply because he was like so pure of intent and like so passionate about the message. And that whole interview was so good. So that's always been my favorite. And then also back in March, the first episode that I did in quarantine, I did an episode about my 600 pound life, which was very hard because I am a 600 pound person. And a lot of people on Instagram and uh, related to the podcast will just ask questions about my 600 pound life. What do you feel about my 600 pound life? You know, people ask us that all the time too. Yeah. And it's something that like, it's, I've like avoided talking about because it's just so hard to explain to people like how much that show hurts, you know, and like how dehumanizing it is. But that first, you know, when quarantine started, I was like, I'm going to do this. So I wrote an essay about um, my 600 pound life and then I recorded an episode about it. And I feel like that's like one of the most important episodes I've done just because it's like that show is like everything anybody knows about infinite fat people. Yes. And like anybody I've ever spoken to on the street that wants to talk about like fat positivity or like whatever, they always are like, oh, have you seen my 600 pound life? And it's like, I don't want to get into this with you. Like, and then like, I have a friend who's also in Finifat who just, you know, for Halloween, she works in a, in an office, like a very small office and her boss is fat phobic and her coworkers are fat phobic. But on Halloween, everybody came in in costume and one of her coworkers came in as a doctor and everybody was laughing and like, she's the only fat person there. So everybody was laughing and she couldn't figure out why. And then she noticed like the guy pulled his, you know, white doctor coat open and he had a shirt on that said something like, you don't need food. You have 600 pounds of food attached to you because he was supposed to be the doctor on my 600 pound life. Like that was his costume. And it was just like, can you imagine like having to sit there for your work day with someone that like, no, that's awful. Felt like so outwardly hostile to her. Like, how could that not be about her? You know? So writing that episode and writing that essay and then the episode, um, it felt like it was like a really important thing to talk about. And then like, I know ne- I never want to have to talk about it again, you know, because it's just, I think that's, yes. I mean, I, we get that question a lot and I honestly just usually ignore it because I'm like, I'm, uh, I, well, I don't know what I am right now. I guess I've gained weight in quarantine. So I'm on the larger side yeah, <laughs> so yeah. my mid to large fat mm-hmm. scale, but I'm not in super fat. I'm not infinite fat. So I don't like, I'm like, it's bad. I don't yeah. like, I'm not the person whose opinion on this matters. Right. And I think it's bad. Don't listen. Don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I can't speak to the, like, I'm not the person it's aimed at. So I can't right. speak. I can just be like, it's bad. Don't look at it. But right. it's right. Like, yeah. But like for me, it feels personal you know when it it wouldn't be for you of course that's so actually that's really helpful to know because now I can send that to people when I'll be like just listen to Ash on this episode yeah that's my thoughts (laughs) yeah that that would be excellent yeah and please don't ask her about it because I don't I don't yeah oh god no no like I feel like I exposed so like I was so vulnerable in that essay so feel like that's the best I can do. If people don't get it from that, then, then like there's nothing. They, they don't get done. to ask more than that. Right. I often tell people that. I say, go read this and don't message them. Right. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, that's, I think that's like the most important episode that I've done because it just felt like something that I had been avoiding for so long, but I finally decided like, I'm just going to do it, put it out there and, and then just let this be done. You know, I'm really grateful that you did that. I think that's really important. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited to listen to that episode and put all of those in the show notes. Those sound incredible. And I think that's just a, a good summation of how many incredible episodes you have. Thank you. What do you hope for the future of Fat Lip? What do you hope for the future of fat podcasting in general? Well, um, so I've thought about this a lot. And what I would really love to do, you know, pie in the sky dream is for to make the Fat Lip less about the podcast and more about sort of a I would really like it to be like uh, sort of like goop, but for fat people, you know, that sort of thing. Because I, I just want to like employ fat people. I just want to like yes. pay, fat, pay fat people to write like art listicles and whatever and just like make it BuzzFeed for fat people and just like all oh about God. fatness and then have the have the podcast like be a part of it. You know, that's what I would really love is to someday like, you know, evolve it into something bigger than it is. It's something that's rolling around in my head at all times. I have not acted on it, but someday, like some sort of oh gosh. like online zine sort of situation, but with like paid fat artists and paid fat writers. And wow. Can't wait for you to become a media powerhouse. I can't wait for <laughs> neither this. Neither can I. Neither can I. <laughs> Just employing fat people all around. Uh, I love this. This sounds great. And what do you hope for the future of the fatosphere? Let's do short term because I feel we all know long term goals. But what do you hope <laughs> will come up in 2021 maybe? Um, well, I'm hoping that more and more brands uh, start moving their sizing charts uh, to the farther end. I feel like it is moving there. And I feel like, you know, the work that we're doing is starting to get things done. And I think a lot of people think that like, eh, it's just clothes. It's not that important. It's not political, you know, but like clothes are accessibility. Like clothes are really like part of giving people access to the world, you know, like if you don't have athletic wear, then you can't go to the gym. If you don't have a suit that you can wear, you can't get a job. If you don't have a coat, you can't go outside in the winter, you know? And like, Clothes are important for that sort of stuff. Like clothes are an accessibility issue. And I think that like that's the tiniest, easiest thing to fix. And so I feel like that's like the step that we have to take or, or part of the steps we have to take. I mean, there are yes, plenty of other one steps. Of them. Yeah. But I, I just feel like that's the easiest problem to fix. Brands can easily do it. Big brands, especially. And it also it feels like that's so many brands are co-opting body positivity and like putting fatter bodies in their ads and stuff for clicks so we should hold them accountable and like make them actually service us the number of times people ask me if i want to buy from airy and i'm like they go to like 18 now right come on right yeah and like like i just want these brands that are like using our messaging to like put up or shut up like actually serve us then. I mean, I think clothing doesn't feel political if you have a lot of options. Once right. it's like, if, if you feel like, yeah, you can have the option to be political with your clothes for, you know, for smaller or straight sized people, if they want to do talk about like ethics in clothing production mm-hmm. or like secondhand shopping or whatever. Right. But like, if you don't have options then that is the thing, right. like that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's starting to happen and I would like to see more of the, more of that. And I would also just like to see more fat projects within the fatosphere that are including super fat and infinite fat people. Like sometimes I see like beautiful artwork of like a bunch of fat people, but like clearly there's nobody that's, you know, very far outside of the range, you know? And so I'd like to see that and just like just inclusion of super fat and infinite fat people and like inviting our voices into conversations because there are still so many like I get the mess I get messages every day of InfiniFat people that are like, I didn't think this was for me, but now that I see InfiniFirst or whatever, now that I know that people are out there, now I feel like that I can put myself out there too. And this work is still ongoing. And the more that we can do, like the better, the more people that we can save. Like the thing that I feel about weight loss surgery and shows like my 600 pound life, like those people feel like they don't have anything else. There is no other option for them. And we need to be able to tell them that like, hey, like we've got this whole world over here and you, we want you here. Like you don't have to do this to yourself. Like you don't have to go on this terrible show because like there's so much more out here for you. And I think for so long, like we just never did that. And yeah, and I think like if we can really work on it, then we can really save people. I love that. That's definitely a good reminder for me as 
someone who, you know, I'm constantly struggling with trying to not center myself as like a white yeah. <laughs> lady, yeah. same, you know, same. and always trying to remember that I'm, I definitely get to talk about my struggles, but I'm, I'm not the most marginalized person in my community. And I, you know, it's a good reminder for me to continue to work to try to prioritize and benefit people. And I guess especially in Finifat, queer people and people mm-hmm. of color. Yeah. And I really appreciate you being on the show and reminding our audience about that too, because the fat family probably could use that reminder as well. Mm-hmm. And also the Infinifat people in our audience could use the camaraderie. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me because like as far as the, as the message can go, the farther the, it can go, the better. I am so thrilled to have you. I truly do love your podcast. I think you do amazing work. I'm so proud to have you on the pod and I'm so excited for members of our family that don't already know and love you to listen to those episodes and get to know you. Excellent. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to, to do it. So glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. And we're back. So you're about to hear some voice memos from podcasts that are by fat people about fatness across the nation slash world. There were a couple pods that we didn't get voice memos from that we still think you should uh, very much listen to. For example, probably y'all have heard of the new pod Maintenance Phase. You may know the two people who are on it. Yeah, Michael Hobbs is a friend of the pod who wrote that great article that Carissa Enneking is on the cover of called Everything You Know About Obesity is Wrong, I think it's called. And he also has another podcast called You're Wrong About with another person named Sarah. But this podcast, Maintenance Phase, is with Aubrey, our friend Aubrey, who writes at Your Fat Friend, who has a wonderful new book out. And they are completely super busy, but we wanted, and you'll hear more from Aubrey later in the season, but we wanted to make sure to give them a shout out, Maintenance Phase, and also lots of other pods like Friend of Marilyn, which is run by Kat Pazze, who is an amazing, amazing resource and icon, has been doing Friend of Marilyn for a long time, and is also very involved in fat academia. So if you're interested in that, be, be sure to give Kat a follow and listen to Friend of Marilyn. There's a bunch of other pods. We're going to list some more in the show notes. There's like a lot of fat pods everywhere. So what you're about to hear voice memos from are just, just a smattering, but um, we're excited to show them to you. Yelly reached out to all of these pods, actually. Mm-hmm. So he reached out to a ton of podcasts, hoping to get like a sense of what the fat community is talking about because we can only really talk about our experiences and lots of the podcasts that we emailed are actually recommendations that y'all gave us, which is very cool. Obviously, it doesn't represent all fat folks across America, but it was fun to reach out and see who's interested and advocating for different things. Yeah. So here is a little fat, you know, smorgasbord buffet we put out for you. And we're only experts about our own experiences. And my fat experience is definitely different from a lot of other people's for various reasons. So we wanted to highlight other kinds of experiences as well. So here are those voice memos. Hello, my name is Rawia Tariq. And I'm Jessica Wilson. And our podcast is My Black Body Podcast. So we are all about um, body liberation. We are about black 
body liberation. Um, we're not necessarily a body positivity podcast uh, because we believe that phrase has definitely been uh, co-opted <laughs> and used by a lot of people. Uh, so we are very clear about being about Black body liberation. We are still actively posting. Our vibes is sparkles, sharp teeth, and truth. Come get this. <laughs> <laughs> we are currently working up to getting to two times monthly, right, Jessica? Yep. We've got one month. We're waiting on more support Patreon members to get a podcast out twice a month. We highlight fatness in our podcast as it intersects with politics, disordered eating, navigating and thriving in a world of unearned entitlement of white supremacy while being black. So those things are definitely uh, at the top of our minds for us to explore right now is the survival of black bodies under these oppressive regimes and how do we thrive like none of this is new so like for us the things that are happening in the world has always been happening for us we're kind of coming from the viewpoint of um welcome to the apocalypse everyone else (laughs) right because we've been here so yeah our podcast hasn't really changed or shifted due to like current life events because this has been it for the last 400 plus years so yeah we ready we stay ready um and we have a patreon check out our instagram and seem to be twitter we have a website too myblackbody.org yeah so sparkles and sharp teeth y'all and we hope y'all listen in (laughs) and come to this table and get fed this is palavi here we're called fat so podcast fat dot so question mark and as should be quite obvious from the title it's all about being fat also about being fat women in india after season one last year which we wrapped up in March. We launched season two. Uh, we have a bit of a, a thing happening with our distribution. So we're going to get back there really quick. But uh, for now, we're stalled for a couple of weeks. I think when it comes to what we're trying to highlight, it really is about having a voice out there that represents women like us who are fat, who are in India. Uh, we unfortunately cannot represent the diversity that is India, but in our own small way, we are trying to have this conversation. We try to address different topics, whether it's fat phobia, whether it is clothes and food and exercise and relationships and sex and so on and so forth. Uh, season two, we're taking a deeper dive into things like mental health and shame and, you know, just really how it affects the psyche. So I would say the intersection is therefore in everything, because when you're interacting with the world as a fat person, everything from, you know, what you get in terms of medical care to uh, what is the kind of food you can eat to how you feel when you wear certain clothes or how you feel when you're denied the ability to wear certain clothes because they just don't come in your size or what it feels like when you're sitting somewhere and somebody suddenly starts talking about the latest diet they're on and how they've lost a few kilos and you know it's just I mean it's just part of your life all the time so yes we try to cover all of those different intersections I mean as I said right now uh, we're really going much deeper into the mental health aspects and how does shame affect you affect one's psyche how does what are the other areas of mental health that are not being addressed in this fat phobic world so I hope that helps Hey there, this is Dr. Joy Cox. I am the creator and host of Fresh Out the Cocoon podcast, a podcast that is both pro-fat and pro-black, centering the voices of fat black women and femmes. It was important for me to create this podcast because in my own research, what I found is that black women are often silenced and kept out of progression as it relates to fat acceptance and fat liberation movements. I figured that we could create our own table and create our own realities where our stories would be told and amplified. As of now, you can catch new episodes of the podcast released the first Sunday of every month. However, due to the release of my new book, Fat Girls and Black Bodies, Creating Communities of Our Own, new releases have been postponed. But fret not, there are over three seasons of Fresh Out the Cocoon that is available on all major listening platforms like Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts.
Right now, the top of my mind, I think often about the implications of COVID-19 and the impact that has on the Black fat lived experience. We know that the medical industry is rife with racism as well as fat phobia and narratives about bodies change when those two identities are present. It is important that we are examining the type of care and quality of care that Black fat bodies are receiving, as well as the restrictions imposed by COVID-19 that ultimately impact accessibility. Special thanks to She's Off Fat Pod for this feature. And please feel free to look up Fresh Out the Cocoon or find me on Fresh Out the Cocoon on IG as well as FreshOutTheCocoon.com. Hi, this is Frances. I am part of the duo Frances and Lali, And we have a podcast called Disculpame Pero No or Sorry Not Sorry in English. First of all, I want to say how much I appreciate She's All Fat for giving us this opportunity and also other podcasts that focus on fatness. We are currently not posting as much as we used to due to COVID, family situations, and we're in a global pandemic, so it's been hard to adjust, right, for everybody. As mentioned, we have a great appreciation for podcasts that focus on all intersectionalities, especially around being fat and fatness. Um, we feel that this is a highlight that we definitely talk about a lot because on a lot of the podcasts, this is an interse- intersectionality that's never really focused on or talked about, and it should be talked about because it's one of the greatest depression that people face and they do not acknowledge it because basically we're brainwashed to believing a standard beauty um, which again should be redefined also we're just not fat we're also brown we're also from a low-income background so we have all these different intersectionalities that we talk about in our podcast and also the different experiences we get from having all these different intersectionalities we tend to focus a lot on our day-to-day lives and the trauma that we've experienced from when we were younger based on these intersectionalities. Right now, we're focusing a lot on family dynamics, oppression, history of abuse, and that's what's in our in the forefront right now. It's very important to be welcoming to listeners and to have an open space, to have a safe space so we can have these conversations around fatness, being a person of color, LGBTQ rights, anything that has these different intersectionalities that you don't really see in mainstream media. So please take a listen and find us on Instagram. Thank you so much. Hi, She's All Fat listeners. My name is Janice Meeting, she, her. I am Minakanju and Shichangu Lakota, and I produce and host the Woman of Size podcast. My intention walking into Woman of Size was to explore other experiences of other people of size in comedy, but it became much more of a research project kind of around the fat identity and its intersections, looking at how fat people have been treated in different communities, of course, uh, in order to hopefully work toward destigmatizing fatness for myself and for others, but <laughs> we're not there yet. Um, Either way, what you'll find in my two seasons of the podcast is sort of a zeroing in on my own identity, the Native identity, and how Native bodies have been colonized in many ways, and the links between body sovereignty and tribal sovereignty. Uh, I'm not producing new episodes right now because I'm acting on a TV show, humble brag, (laughs) but I hope to kick it up again in 2021. Um, Until then, please enjoy Woman of Size episodes that live now wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for all you do. I'm a longtime listener of She's All Fat myself, um, but thank you for having me. Hi. Hi. My name's Tresla. My name's Guru. And thank you so much for having us on your podcast. We are the Yes and Body Politics podcast. Yes. And uh, we have been going on for almost two years now. And we're still actively posting. We did obviously take a little bit of a break during the lockdown. But um, so some of the things that we definitely discuss on our podcast is basically being relevant in this world, being present and being seen. Um, We talk about dating as a plus size girl. We talk about um, food, exercise, representation. I was a plus size model and Guru works as a therapist at one of the universities. Mm -hmm. And so we talk a lot about our validity in this environment and how we stand out. We talk about medical, how to talk to our medical professionals. Basically, we talk a lot about just 
how to exist in this world as a big person and being seen Mm -hmm. and really being proud of who you are. Yeah. I want us to be an example of people being happy and powerful and proud of themselves despite not fitting in to certain social standards. Um, And right now with everything going on, we've been focusing a lot on compassion, caring Mm -hmm. for ourselves and others, social justice, definitely kindness, 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 (laughs) speaking out when it's important Mm -hmm. because that is, um, something that's difficult when you're told that you need to shrink and yeah. be smaller Take up and that quieter. space in this world. Yeah. yeah, that's really important, especially when it comes to any of the you know the Black Lives Matter movements, the COVID, you know, wearing your mask, keeping other people safe. It's all mm-hmm. about being compassionate and practicing a, a good practice of empathy while yeah. also being seen. Right. So we yes, absolutely. Okay. And we talk about a lot of stuff. We are just two friends having conversation that feel important to us in the moment. Yeah. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been a bumpy ride trying to figure things out, but we've been having a lot of fun doing it. And we're proud of it. Yay. And we want you to join us. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Those were great. <laughs> Thank you so much to everybody who sent something into us. Thank you to all those pods, all the fat pods that came before us and all the fat pods that will come after us. We love you and we're all a part of the family. Yelly, thank you for hanging out with me on our season six premiere episode. Of course. Lynn wants me to read you an Apple podcast review that we recently got. It's titled Addicted to the Sincerity, which is very sweet. And it says, quote, I can safely say that after one week of binge listening from the start, I genuinely feel one, no longer alone, Two, empowered to fight for fat positivity. Hell yeah. And three, grateful you've created a space like this. That's so nice. That makes me feel great. If you want to make us laugh and cry and someday, one day, get to do a noteworthy, like on our last episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts for us to read out loud and make my self-confidence for the day go up. And we cannot forget to shout out our patrons. Thank you so much to Catherine Rothermitch, Jennifer Fanson, Megan Ballengee, Jacqueline Sizlack, Madeline Keeg, Megan Daly, Anne Devereaux, Katie wiggins Gallic, Sarah Pepe, and Shannon Groff. We couldn't make the show without you. That's our show. Yay! She's All Fat was created by me, Sophie Carter-Khan and April K. Quio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 213-375-5023 and we might even play it on the pod. Our episode ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish and our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Lynn Barbera co-produced and edited this episode. Yelly Cruz is our magical junior producer. Our thin crony forever is Maria Bertel. I'm our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe. We love you. 
D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 